Have you heard of the face healing method and lymphatic drainage? After suffering from Bell's palsy, commonly known as facial paralysis at the age of 33, Catalina decided to change her habits and live a balanced and healthy lifestyle to heal her face, mind, body, and soul. Today, she is 43 years old and the mother of three beautiful children. She is a pharmaceutical chemist and a facial yoga teacher by trade, with a master's in pediatric oncology. She has witnessed the transformation on the faces of more than 6,000 women who, with real testimonies, have shared their journey in the awakening of facial awareness. Carolina is now offering face yoga lymphatic and body drainage at Sweat and Tonic Spa in Toronto. Her seven-day face yoga challenge is also available online. For a limited time only, Carolina is offering 10% off these services. Simply use Lemonade 10 at checkout to redeem your offer today. That's Lemon AID 10 at checkout. Hey everyone, it's Ella, your host of the Lemon Said Podcast, a platform dedicated to supporting you by discussing all things related to managing your health, wellness, and fitness journey, no matter how many lemons life throws at you. Trigger warning, the following episode may include explicit content, including but not limited to profanity. If you are 18 or under or with children, we recommend you tune in at a later time. As the founder of Horizon Life Coaching, today's guest brings over 10 years of experience in coaching and personal health management to the Horizon team. As a practicing social service worker, his combined professional and life experience includes working with mental health, addictions, trauma, relationships, leadership, diet and exercise, as well as mindfulness and meditation. He believes in the power of human connection and values the importance of mentorship in all forms. He recognizes that creating daily accountability is essential in the pursuit of achieving one's personal goals. He applies a therapeutic lens in his work and recognizes that every individual is different, carrying a unique set of skills and challenges and barriers with them. He takes these into account in his work with all his clients, developing specific coaching plans to help individuals achieve their goals in a way that best suits their needs. Also passionate about health and fitness, Playing hockey and music, I introduce you to Cameron Gillingham. So welcome, and thank you so much for making time to visit us. Thanks so much for having me. Very uh, very excited to be here. We're excited yeah, too. That absolutely. Took the words right out of my mouth. Sweet. <laughs> so before we get started, I also just want to give a huge shout out to my niece who made me this lemon said bracelet. So she actually, I know you can't see it right now. I'll take some photos for you guys, but it's an actual gold and black bracelet with a letter E for my first initial on it. And it's just super, super sweet. She, she gave it to me for my launch party. And I just want to announce that they are now going to be available if you order it on the lemon said website and some of the proceeds will continue continue to go to Cam H, which is our official partner, and that's the Center of um, Addiction and Mental Health in Toronto. So my niece and I will be partnering to add these bracelets onto our website, and you can order them as you please. So without further ado, we are now going to refocus back to Cam. All right. <laughs> are you on. ready? Are I'm you ready. ready? Ready as I can be. Okay. 
book or podcast? Podcast, 100%. Yeah. yeah. Another point for us. I, I need, should be. I need to start like tracking these. Yeah, it's okay. probably a lot. I mean, we are on a podcast, ironically, but I need <laughs> to be reading more. Um, and I'm not. I feel the same way. You yeah. know what? Podcasts are just easy to digest no it's matter true. what you're doing, yeah. where you're going. And the audiobooks are coming up too. I haven't I haven't actually listened to an audiobook myself, but I'm I've heard You're great, working on I've, it? I'm working. I think I'm working towards that, yeah. <laughs> you know. <laughs> Hopefully the just Lemon gotta... said podcast warms you up to that. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Go to karaoke song. Oh, karaoke. I'm I don't know because I, I'm I hate karaoke to be honest with you. Okay, you're a singer. I know. And you hate karaoke. Yeah, I don't know. It, uh, it's there's something the the cringe factor of it. It just I can't handle it. Um, <laughs> for I used to love singing, like I was so like when I was partying still, right? It was for me. I'd get up there and sing. Uh, I would sing Sam Smith songs. You know what okay, I mean? Okay, okay, okay. And, and be like, oh, look at me. You know the ego. But I don't know. I don't have a favorite song. I can't answer it. I haven't done karaoke in years. It gives me cringe. Um, I I have a hard time <laughs> handling would the you, cringe. Okay, let's put karaoke aside. <laughs> would you sing one of your own songs for us today? Absolutely not. <laughs> Sorry, I tried. I tried. <laughs> You can find him on Apple iTunes. I'm a, yeah, I'm kind of everywhere. The few songs, the few music. songs I've done. Yeah, I'm out there. But yeah. awesome. Yeah. So we'll 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 talk a little bit more about that. Sure. Okay. Um, fresh or fried food? Uh, fresh for me. Yeah. Fresh. Okay. Fresh. Keeping it fresh. Greatest strength. Greatest strengths. Interview questions. Well, I'm glad you asked that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I need uh, some time to think. <laughs> yeah, that's a great question. I have some time to think about that. Um, my greatest strengths, uh, I'm very, pa- I'm passionate, I'm a very passionate person. Once I like lock in and dial into something, um, I have a very hard time stopping until I'm like satisfied. So like, um, yeah, I dial in, let's put it that way. So that's a great trait to have. Diligence. Yeah. hundred percent. Awesome. Yeah. Have you ever pulled a prank on anyone? Probably. Um, I can't think of any off the top of my head though. Uh, I feel like you would have to either your brother or our audio engineer who (laughs) you guys don't have the pleasure of seeing on camera most of the time, but he's part of every episode (laughs) and is the, the brains behind this podcast and our audio. Um, so I feel like, uh, who, who we know cam through. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I, yeah, I can't remember last time I pulled a prank. I haven't been, I haven't been as pranky in my thirties. Oh honest man. With you. I guess. I can't, yeah. No, I have no idea when the last prank I pulled to, to be honest with you. I have a feeling I just gave you ideas to pull. Something. Yeah, no, the wheels are turning. <laughs> the wheels are turning for sure. When life throws you lemons, what do you do? Say fuck the lemons and bail. Okay. Paul, Paul Rudd, shout out. Bail. <laughs> Fail to wear. Anywhere. Just get out of there. <laughs> fair. Fair. <laughs> All right. So I want to know what your favorite hobby is and what you're most passionate about. You mentioned that passion is your greatest strength. Yeah. I'd love to know where you find most of your passion going towards. Great question. This changes for me. Like, mm. It changes like the breeze, to be honest. Um, I wear Based many hats. Based on age or... Just based on Time, how I'm feeling experience. on any given day. Okay. Yeah, I'm very, I'm very impulsive. So I. Uh, we have that in common. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like I wear many hats, right? So it's like I have all these different things that I do. I'm a musician. I play sports. Um, you know, months will go where I'm super passionate about my health and fitness and like dialing in and like getting shredded and working out a lot and. Um, 
lately I haven't been as much. So <laughs> lately for me, my passion has been my business that I started. So my life coaching company, um, Horizon Life Coaching. So that for me and like creating content and stuff like that, uh, that's really what's been driving me lately. But I mean, yeah, many hats. Like I love to work out. I love hockey. I play a lot of hockey. Um, another thing that myself and, and the uh, audio guy over here share in common. Um, but yeah, so it, it really depends. But I would say right now, uh, primarily is, is the business and creating content. And is your content creation for the business yes. specifically? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So... I definitely want to spend some time talking about your business, but cool. we'll send we'll we'll separate a little section for that. Awesome um, for our podcast recording. Yeah, but I want to talk a little bit about your your musical career and okay. your your love of sports. Okay. Um, I feel like I, I could be wrong. I have only known you for a few years, yeah. but I'd love to know how your love for those things developed. And health and fitness is is huge when it comes yeah. to mental health and Absolutely. overall wellness. Yes. So I'd really like to know how you developed it and how it plays a huge part in your life um so like specifically do you want to hear about one of those first yeah or, let's start with all... music let's start with music because <clears throat> we were talking about karaoke i am shocked that you're a musician yeah. who does not like karaoke i hate, karaoke. <laughs> I hate it so much <laughs> um yeah music music for me obviously it was always like a big part of my life growing up um I where'd first, you get it from like were your parents musicians my dad was or? a musician okay yeah my dad was a guitar player um he played classical guitar when he was younger okay. which is pretty sweet yeah so um so that was the first uh, I actually picked up a guitar for the first time when I was like 12 years old um and I, I was at a friend's house and I think there was only one string on the guitar something like that <laughs> we've all been there he probably knows um <laughs> I think there was one string on the guitar and I learned how to play smoke on the water on in like half an hour and I was like wow okay this is really exciting wow very very cool so uh, I think that's a telling that you're talented when you I can mean, pick up a song in half an hour at 12 years old <laughs> I, I, I don't know I don't know there's only four notes there so <laughs> I'm not too sure how true that would be but um I knew for the like from that moment on that I was like, I want to spend a lot of time doing this. Mm. So I, I, right away I went home and I, I dragged my, my dad's old classical guitar, um, out of the, uh, out of the closet. Um, he, he, I'm pretty sure he had a made custom made when he was, I think 16 years old. So it was like a really beautiful, like a well-built guitar. So, uh, I, yeah, I pulled that thing out and I don't honestly think I put it down for like a month. I just, I was glued to it. Um, and I started playing classical guitar. That's, that's how I learned, um, self-taught. Uh, so I don't read music. Um, I would just listen to by things. Ear. Yeah. So I, I learned to learn to play by ear and I taught myself, uh, pretty much everything I know by ear and watching people play and yeah and i just it it uh it opened my world it really did i i was kind of at a point in my life where i was very introverted mm. um and i still kind of am which is ironic i'm an introverted extrovert i can't tell we'll get it we'll get into <laughs> that but uh yeah so it uh it really started consuming my life quite a bit uh in, in a healthy in, way of course okay of course yeah you know just you you start 12, 13, 14, you know, all those, uh, all those hormones and things are starting to rush. So it was really nice to sort of, um, find something constructive to, to put my energy because at that time I started, you know, I was playing a lot of hockey then as well, pretty competitively. So like I started dealing with a lot of like anger and stuff like that, that would come up. So it was that nice to be able from the sport itself, from the sport and just life and just developing testosterone at that, at that Fair. ripe young age hormones. where those things happen. <laughs> so yeah, it, uh, it gave me the 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 chance to just really dial in and that develop that creative side of my brain that I hadn't really had a chance to develop yet. Right. So, yeah. 
that's that's kind of how the music came and it uh i didn't stop obviously i started playing a lot of different genres of music and got into electric guitar my first electric guitar and i was like i think my 13th or my 14th birthday um and that was it i was off to the races guns and roses system of a down uh all that good stuff so that's amazing yeah. and then how did you change from well not change how did you add to your repertoire um from instrumental to vocal and then how did you start writing your own music yeah that's you know it it just developed over time um i started singing a lot more when i was like 14 15 um never again never really like any vocal lessons or anything like that just kind of sing in the shower type of deal you know uh i would always be embarrassed to sing and i still am to this day it's something i struggle with uh i have a lot of stage fright so wow. yeah very nervous to be here it's very I great cannot, <laughs> i cannot i can't tell yeah i mask it well i mask it well we'll get into that <laughs> yeah yeah but uh yeah it you know it just it developed over over the years and i just got you know a lot of it you know, my like obsessions and like fantasies with love and like singing these loving songs. And so was it a way to express know. what you were actually feeling over the years of your life and how things just evolved for you on a personal level? Partly, partly. I, I identified a lot more with the listening of, of music than, than I did to actually playing and writing. Okay. Um, so for me, yeah, the, the, the writing, the singing... That stuff kind of came on later in life, only a few years ago, where I started like actually writing, recording my own music. Um, I was in bands and stuff in my late in my late teens. Um, a lot of a lot of music for me ended up being ego. So like it, it, a lot of a lot of the ego and struggles that I've had with um, just like self self serving and like really being kind of the selfish person that I was at that time. Um, that's kind of the vehicle that music was. Right? interesting yeah it was, it was it was your outlet it was an outlet uh it was a lot it did a lot for me um it's kind of hard to sort of like wrap it up and put a bow on it and like figure out what it actually did right. um but i know to this day it's one of the most important uh, pieces of my life yeah i'm a father now so lots uh, a lot's changed and that's a whole that's a whole other uh, facet my life now that I, I get to experience and yeah part of your new journey yeah it's amazing it's the best it's the hardest and best thing that uh, it's you know it's what everyone says it's the hardest thing you'll ever do it's the most rewarding it's all true for the listeners out there it's all true stuff so <laughs> love that so you talked a little bit about how your music developed. And yeah. before we leave that, I would love, just because you're not going to sing for us today, <laughs> I would like to share with our listeners, if there's anyone who, like Cam is a talented individual, where can they hear m your music? Uh, yeah, I'm kind of everywhere. I, I love I love shooting music videos uh, to my music. So I would tell people probably to just go to YouTube. YouTube. Um, my stage name is Cameron Tyler. Um, I'm also on Spotify as well and Apple, uh, iTunes, everywhere where you can find stuff. So, Amazing. Yeah, yeah, if you, you want. You need to tune I mean, in. It's okay. Some it's of amazing it's all work. Right if you want to listen to it. <laughs> I don't give myself credit, so you'll learn I'll, that. I'll give it. <laughs> <laughs> He's great. You need to tune in. <laughs> I love it. Okay, so now moving on from your music life into health and fitness, and let's put sports in there too. Cool. Yeah. How did you develop your love of fitness and how do you implement it to this day? Yeah. So fitness, uh, you know, fitness is a big, uh, big part of my life. Uh, not as big as I want it to be again, like finding, you know, you'll, you'll find with me in this conversation, I'll talk a lot about balance and like finding the right balance for me. I'm kind of like a chemistry set. So like I have to have certain things in place. 
Um, I have to be, you know, working out a certain amount a week. I have to be on the ice once a week at least or I'll lose my mind. So <laughs> um, health and fitness from a young age, it started with hockey. So I started playing um, hockey. I kind of started late, actually. Like, I think I started at like nine or 10 or something like that, which is late for, you know, from from a white kid from Mimico. You know what I mean? <laughs> uh, you know, um, so hockey was the big start for me, the biggest, uh, the biggest piece of kind of like my athletics um yeah that's where I obviously developed the love for the game that's kind of I was doing all of the things I've explained to you already like you know the guitar and the music and stuff like that um finding time to play video games and do normal teenage things um but yeah a lot of hockey so it started with hockey um I eventually throughout life started to you know uh understand what it actually did for me and like you know that that companionship and the, the being a part of something and being a part of a team and how important that would be and, and how important of a role that would play in my life. Um, and then obviously developing into just like a person who exercises and how important that ends up being from a mental health. So, um, I'm on the ice once a week, sometimes twice. So I play on still playing hockey. Um, and I try to hit the gym twice a week. Um, that's usually the right balance for me. Um, yeah. I'd love to do more, um, but yeah. We all do. Balance, balance, <laughs> right? I have a million things that I'm doing all the time. Yeah, you're so, working on a lot of things. That's yeah, sure. yeah, working on all these things. You got a nine to five and, you know, a family running this business. It's it's hard to it's hard to squeeze it all in, but, you well, know. Good for you for prioritizing so, what matters most. Yeah. And, you know, I guess whether it's taking turns of what your focus is at the moment or finding a way to implement all those things in a given week. For sure. But I'm, I'm happy you're focused on your, on your health and wellness. Try to be. Try to be. It sure. ebbs and flows. It ebbs and flows. Right? Fair. It's, it's uh, got to ride the waves, right? So you are an inspiring individual, but I'd like to know who inspires you to do what you do and live the life that you live. Yeah, I don't really know. I, I, I get a lot of inspiration from myself, to be honest. Um, and I don't, I don't mean that in a way, I hope it doesn't come off to the listeners that I have this uh, big ego and I'm this larger than life character, but... Um, I really am a, a driven individual um, and yeah, I, you know, I've done a lot, um, I've done a lot of work on myself, right? It's, so it's, there's no particular other person in my life that has sort of pushed me or, you know, inspired me. Uh, you push yourself. Yeah, yeah, I, I kind of do. I get, I get little bits from people, you know what I mean? Um I have a sense of community as well and like my recovery and stuff like that. And we can have time to talk about that. But yeah, I don't know. I get a lot for myself. I'm like, how am I doing right now? That self-awareness piece is huge for me. So being able to like self-reflect, um, my body's pretty good at telling me when things aren't going well um, and, and sort of guides me to what I need to be doing. So I just try to listen. I just try to be open to that. And uh, yeah, I push myself, man. I do. I really push myself. Love so, that. Yeah. So I do want to dive into a little bit of, you've touched on it a couple of times um, in our little intro here, but I want to know a little bit about certain points of your life that may have served as a turning point when you discovered you had any mental health issues or points in your life that you knew you had to take some time to step back, 
reflect on what's happening, how you move forward, and how you evolved from it. Can you describe some of those points in your life that you feel were monumental? So it all started the day I was born. Um, <laughs> <no>. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, it's been a lot of these. Yeah, there's been a lot of these points. Um, I think the biggest, the the start of the start of all of this for me would, uh, you know, in regards to like my mental health journey, um, I fell into a deep, deep depression. Um, and that was riddled with anxiety, severe anxiety, level 10, right? Panic attacks. Um, and this was diagnosed? Yeah, yeah. And and how old were you when you received your first diagnosis? It was my early 20s. I should have did a bit of figuring this out for the podcast here, but early 20s, I want to say maybe I was 21. Yeah, somewhere between 20 and 22. Probably I was 20, 21. Um, and that's basically... What started happening there um, was I had moved out on my own. So this is kind of the triggering event was for me, was that first sense of like independence. So, you know, getting out of my own, paying bills, um, you know, all the hardships that come with sort of supporting yourself, adulting, right? Like shit, I was like, you know, damn, I'm an adult suddenly, right? Um, So things started happening. Um, My ex who I was with at the time, we can get into that because that was a very... Um, like abusive relationship mentally, emotionally, um, a lot happened there, but, uh, we were living together. That was our first like place together. Um, so you moved from your family home into, um, I guess your relation, your first real relationship. Yes. Adult relationship. Yeah. Yeah. So we did that. Um, and then, yeah, I started feeling things. I started getting depressed at the time I was working in, um, Marketing, I say marketing. I was like knocking on doors. You know what I mean? It That's that, marketing. Is that face to face multi level marketing. marketing company? You know what I mean? I did that for almost two years and it was actually a big part of my life. Um, it helped me develop a lot of my skills as a leader and stuff like that and a coach. But um, besides the point, uh, I, I basically started really, uh, I started feeling really low. So I started dipping really low in my mood. Um, I didn't want to go to work anymore. Um, I had started. Um, at that time, my, my substance use started picking up a little bit more as well. And like, I I can obviously, I'll talk about that stuff too. But, um, for me, the depression and anxiety really started ramping up at that time. Um, and you know, this is when I started feeling those real lows. So I, you know, started having days where I really couldn't get out of bed. Um, I ended up quitting my job. Um, and as a result of that, I, you know, I didn't want to go anywhere. So yeah, I was kind of stuck in bed. Um, severe social anxiety would start as well so i couldn't even go to the grocery store right like i would (laughs) be trying to find like a fucking can of chili and i'd lose my mind and have to get out of there because i thought it was having a heart attack so yeah that's that's when i got real bad um and you know what happened around that time i i didn't know what was happening right so like i i had no no tools i had i was basically kind of just suffering um it was at that time where it was uh Sorry, I guess my my parents came over. So my mom and dad came over to my house, to my apartment, and they sat down with me and they said, like, what's going on? Mm. Like, And that's, like, my parents are very avoidant. Like, the, and, you know, I learned a lot of my patterns and stuff and my thought patterns obviously come from that stuff, right? So I was avoiding a lot of my feelings. Um, I learned it from them. No knock to them. They're great. But, you know, that's just how I was raised. Um but anyway, they came over and they suggested that I should probably speak to somebody. Mm-hmm. Um, now this was, this next part saved my life, you know, that 
that reaching out piece. Yeah. So finally reaching out for help um, was the hardest thing for me because, you know, growing up, I was kind of the happy-go-lucky kid. I was always on, you know what I mean? I was always on, making people laugh. I was kind of a joker. Um, So that reaching out for me was really hard um, to to succumb to. So reach out for help. I got super lucky. I have, I think, in my opinion, probably the most um, interesting relationship to a therapist that any person can have. And that is my therapist was actually my family doctor for my whole entire life. Wow. Yeah. Were they trained therapists or it was just someone that you could trust and confide in? Yeah. So she actually went back to school and got all of her psychotherapy degrees. That's amazing. And it just so happened that at the time she was accepting patients. Um, she had recently stopped doing any medical. So any any family practice stuff or any type of like medical doctor. Right. Like she had stopped doing that stuff. Um, so she took me on as a patient. And, wow. and saved my fucking life. <laughs> That's amazing. So yeah. I just want, I actually want to go into how that happened. So did you go to your family doctor, express what your concerns were? And I think you mentioned you were diagnosed. Was she the one to diagnose yeah. you first and foremost? Yeah. Okay, so after she diagnosed you, did she then propose that she could treat you with her new background in yeah. psychotherapy? Yes. Okay. Yeah. That's an that's an incredible change and just so fitting because yeah. I feel like it m- would have made it a little bit easier for you to open up to someone you already have that medical background with. Yeah. And not only that, she was my brother's doctor, my mom, my dad. She was our entire family doctor so she knew all of our history she like you know there was obviously she knew everything right she knew she knew the dynamic she knew how our fucking family worked you know what i mean so like it was it was so fitting um again i think the most unique i don't know i don't know anyone it is unique. i it. don't know anyone who's had that experience and honestly like it was written in the stars because like had it been a different situation i don't know if i would have been able to open up right, right? and i don't know if i'd be sitting here today honestly wow yeah so it was it was pretty incredible the way that happened um she started working with me very quickly uh at the time i was again Um, I was having really severe anxiety, right? So um, at the time, she obviously needed to get me medicated to sort of get that stuff under control. Um, So we started on some medication right away and just, we were like twice a week with the therapy at that time. So I was uh, going to her a lot. um, And yeah, we got right into it. We got right into it. I learned, I learned why I was experiencing what I was experiencing. And why was that? So uh, the biggest, the biggest piece of it was um, just the fact that I was on my own, right? Mm-hmm. I was on my own and learning about the actual struggles and hardships of like being an adult. So like moving out and having to do all these things and, right. and realizing that there's a lot of stress associated with these things, these just like kind of normal life things that I just wasn't uh, aware of. Or accustomed you know? to. I wasn't accustomed to any of that. Um, we obviously dug deep into my childhood and uh, essentially what I learned was I grew up in an environment where happiness was the only acceptable emotion Mm, very interesting that you say that yeah yeah so i learned really quickly how to mask any other emotion how to suppress every every other emotion what were the consequences of showing other emotion would you get in trouble would you be dismissed 
No, yeah, dismissed. Yeah, um, not taken seriously or essentially there just wasn't any room for that. Like there wasn't a space created to talk about anything tough or uh, or even just a space to, you know, to be sad. You know what I mean? So like, I still see it to this day. And like I learned how to, you know, I've obviously learned how to respond to it and act accordingly and just sort of take care of myself in those moments, right? Right. But uh yeah, so that's that's kind of how it was. Um, so I sort of had to teach myself first of all how to emote, <laughs> right, <laughs> like right. how to express myself, um, especially as a man, right? To 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 give myself that that space and and right. to learn that it's okay to not be okay, right? right? So that for me was the was the the biggest the biggest thing there. Uh, she saved my life. Most people are looking to understand one or two things when it comes to their body. The first thing is, why am I stuck? And this could mean, why isn't my body getting leaner, losing weight, digesting better, sleeping great, or pooping regularly? These are just some of the concerns that you may have. That's why Be Elite has created a five-step assessment. This is the first way of figuring out why you're stuck. It's also their signature way of deciding what needs to be done to get to your goals. So what do they look at in the assessment? They look at hormonal profiling, which is the premise of where you carry body fat related to your hormones. They look at your metabolism and thyroid using a temperature and iodine scan. They look at digestion using a detailed questionnaire that goes through your timeline and history to see origins of issues. Your primal eating pattern tells them what your body seems to like in terms of macronutrients, as well as your Braverman's test, which is the premier way of looking at neurotransmitter deficiencies. Your transmitters being important for mood, energy, ability to fall asleep, and wake up refreshed. All things which relate to our body has the ability to burn fat. This helps them understand why your body is working the way it is and allows them to set up a game plan of what we would do if we worked with you in their signature online nutrition program. This month, the assessment is still on sale for $100, regularly priced at $224. So take advantage of this great offer at beelite.ca today. That's B-E-L-I-T-E dot C-A today. And Be Elite is offering 15% off Metagenic supplements. High-grade supplements used by doctors, traditional, functional, and naturopathic, as well as holistic nutritionists and practitioners. Use Lemon 15 at checkout for 15% off. Very grateful for everything she did for me because, yeah, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be here. I'm so glad that she was there for you yeah. in the exact moment that you needed and in the way that you needed. Yeah, it was amazing. Yeah, That's incredible. And do you still have a therapist now? I don't. Shopping around. So if there's uh, <laughs> any listeners out there, no, I've, uh, yeah, I've been, I've been definitely in need of one. Um, I've just sort of been putting my head down and, and working, right? So, which is not healthy. Don't, don't do that. <laughs> but uh, sometimes that's, that's how it goes in life, right? But, right. Uh, yeah, it'll be hard to 
build another relationship like the one I had with her. So it'll be hard, but possible. Hundred percent. And um, I think there are a lot of options that we also present here on the Lemon Said. For we, sure, we interview a lot of therapists, Absolutely. and I think the benefit of hearing them through a podcast first is you're kind of already hearing from them in terms of whether or not they resonate with you. Um, are they saying things that really speak to you that you yeah. want to dive into more? Those are the benefits of seeing them and hearing them before you actually book an appointment or a consultation. So hopefully as we continue to release some of those episodes, um, maybe you'll find someone who resonates with you. Who knows? Who knows? Well, I wish you the best on your therapeutic journey. Yeah. Um, But I do want to take a little bit of a step back. So you talked about some of your anxiety. Yeah. How did you address now your depression, substance use? How did all of that, one, evolve, feel as you were going through it? And how did you solve for that as well? Yeah, so it all started, um, you know, at that time as well. And it was, this is probably like 2000, 2012. So I in think your early 20s? Yeah, I was in my early 20s at that time. That's when the depression ramped up, the anxiety. Um, obviously, the depression for me was debilitating. So it was like, uh, you know. You weren't functional. No, I wasn't functional. Uh, not at all. I was canceling uh, any event that there was I wasn't going to. Um, and my ex, you know had a big family so there was a lot of family events so like i started alienating myself Mm. um that's sort of my was my only option the anxiety was obviously um a part of that as well but like i couldn't really yeah i couldn't really function like it was messy you know did Uh, the medication help the depression as well yeah so the medication leveled me out um and I think the medication helped me more with my anxiety, to be honest. So it just wouldn't, it just wouldn't get to the points where it would be, yeah, I'd be in full like panic, right? Got it. Um, so that's kind of, you know, how I took care of myself. The therapy was intensive. Again, it was twice a week we were meeting for the first little while because mm-hmm. I was like, you know, in a really bad place. Right. Um, but yeah, what was the next part of that question? <laughs> how, how did it feel when you were actually going through it up until the point that you're actually taking medication? And then I just want to, you know, talk about the whole journey through depression and anxiety. How did your journey happen once you realize it's happening? How do you then start coping with it with the medication? And then how did you start to pick life back up again? Um, yeah, that's a great question. Um. I think the process of therapy is like, you know, it's that, that searching, mm-hmm. um, and the learning, the learning piece, right? Because all of my issues that I was experiencing, it was all unconscious. I didn't realize I was going through any of this stuff. I had no idea why I was feeling the way I was. So the biggest piece for me was like actually learning about it and figuring out the triggers and the patterns and like all the little intricacies that like make up our mental health. Right. So the biggest piece for me was that learning. Um, and yeah, I think coming out of it, I don't know. It's so hard to think about. Wow. It's yeah. The, the journey of like, you know, developing through that. And I mean, I guess I just started seeing things a little more clear. Mm-hmm. Um, and Yeah. I don't know. That's a hard one to answer. Were it's, you given any specific tools? So one of them was medication. That helped you from yeah. a chemical perspective. Yeah. And then the next part was having therapy. So someone to talk to yes. and learn from. Were you given any tools in therapy to help you cope when you weren't in therapy sessions? Yeah. So, I mean, we, we were, she was technically, I guess we were using cognitive behavioral therapy. So it was 
little tools like thought challenges and, and stuff like that. Um, it, it was, but to be honest, it wasn't a lot of tools on the outside. Um, it was more, it was more about the work we were doing when we saw each other. In session. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just, yeah, I'm thinking back on it now. Like I didn't really have a whole lot of stuff that I was doing, um, outside of the actual sessions. Yeah. We were really like working hard when we were together. Um, yeah. Well, it sounds like what you were learning in those sessions, you were able to apply over time yeah, in your yeah, life. Absolutely. Yeah. Making changes and finding ways to just like take care of myself and find compassion for myself. That was right. one of the biggest things that, that she pushed to me all the time. Like, how can you take care of yourself in the moment when you're experiencing it outside of, you know, this room? Uh, that's probably one of the biggest takeaways I had. And how, do you, that, how like, do you do that? There are a lot of people who struggle <laughs> with that to this day. I still struggle with it. Yeah, I don't know. I still struggle with it. It's uh, self-care obviously is huge. Um, yeah. Like I'm a social service worker now. So like I have to obviously be on top of taking care of myself. And obviously with my coaching business, it's like, you know, I have to make sure I'm filling my cup first. Right. Um, so that's one of the biggest things. And being kind to myself, you know what I mean? Which I'm not great at. I'll be honest. Like I'm human, you know? Absolutely. Uh, I do all these things and I wear all these hats. And it's like, yo, I'm, I still struggle every yeah. day. Every day I struggle. How do you combat that? Do you do self-talk? What are some of the reminders to tell you you are more than enough? Um, Not a lot of self-talk. Yeah, not a lot of self-talk. I'll be honest, I'm at a place in my life right now where I am uh, I think I get a lot of gratification and like sort of coming back to that positivity just by accomplishing things mm. which i don't know your you goal know, oriented it's, i think right now i am um and that's probably not the best thing for me i'll be honest because if i'm like chasing that like extrinsic like those rewards right it's uh it won't be ideal but i try to find time i meditate every single morning you know what that's i mean awesome. so i try to quiet the mind every morning Great. do some deep breathing do a lot of cold exposure. Um, that's you're you're big, big on that. You yes. taught me how to do that. Yes, yes. Cold shower every morning, um, ice baths as much as I can take, um, and getting into getting into that dirty lake, uh, you know, in the early spring, late fall, when it's really cold and sometimes through the winter. But uh, What does that do for you? Oh, so much, so much. Yeah, so much. It, uh, it's changed. It's funny, on the way here, I was thinking about how I used to have asthma. That's gone. Yeah. Do you think it's strictly from the cold baths? Yeah, a thousand percent. Wow. Cold exposure. Um, it completely helped with the way I, my body perceives stress and anxiety. So I can better manage those things. Um, uh, my IBS uh, that I struggle with, uh, like all those symptoms diminished to a point of almost not existing. Um, That's insane. Inflammation in my body, back pain, uh, I don't have a dad back. Like <laughs> my back is actually pretty dope. Not going to lie. Did so, you have back pain before? Yes. Yeah. I struggled with a lot of back pain uh, at one point. So. And now it's totally gone. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I have the odd flare up, but uh, yeah. Yeah. So a lot of cold, a lot of stuff like that. Um, and yeah, just playing sports and exercising, making sure again that like that chemistry set that I spoke about is like all, you know, all, everything's good and everything's working. That's so, great. Yeah. That's yeah. amazing. Yeah. So now you also mentioned that your relationship, your relationship in your 20s yes. had an impact on all of this. Oh, yeah. How do you feel that impacted either your growth or the prevention of your growth at that time? How did this play a role? So for context, my this was my 
uh, girlfriend in high school. So we like were together in high school. We got together in, I guess, 11th grade. Um, and yeah. So you were together for what, five years then before long, you moved long. out? Uh, yeah, roughly something like that. Right. Yeah, maybe like four or five years. Um, dysfunction from the start. Mm. Okay, we're talking two young kids who are not right for each other. Um, both in fucking terms of compatibility? nuts. Yeah, to everything, okay. everything. Okay. Yeah, just okay. totally nuts, but in denial, um, and just trying to change the other person. Mm. So it's just seven, eight years of that. Um, and both of you in. were doing that to each other. You oh, feel? Oh yeah, yeah. We were both. Uh, it was it was emotionally abusive, um, manipulative. Um, on both parts. So a lot of manipulation, um, dysfunction, just like, you know, family dysfunction and just the way we treated each other was terrible. We were young, right? Like, right. I don't know. You know what I mean? The, the prefrontal cortex, you know, doesn't finish developing till we're about 25. So, I mean, you do the math. Um, so to sum, to, to sum it up best, like this relationship was just terribly toxic. Um, and you know, I had actually worked through all of my issues what, like with the depression and anxiety. In this relationship. In this relationship. So she was supportive in a sense. Um, but I think it ended up negatively impacting our relationship because I, I started to become aware of, of what's happening the in toxicity. the relationship. Yes. Right. So I started to push back a little more um, and notice certain things and start acting in a different way. Um, now, at that time... Um, I started drinking a lot more. Okay. Was so, that to cope with the depression and anxiety or was that a result of being in a relationship that you couldn't find happiness in? It's, it's a result of me, uh, being an addict, right? So do you have an addictive personality? Yes. Would you say? Yeah, okay. hundred percent. Okay. So for me, um, I've always been. I've always used substances uh, in, a, in an addictive way. Um, it just, it's addictions, a, you know, it's something that progresses. It's a right. progressive illness. It's one that never gets better, right? right? It, it just it just keeps getting stronger and stronger and worse and worse. Um, and things started getting um, pretty bad, I guess, around like 2014. And um, how old are you in 2014 now? I was about 20, 23, 24, okay, like so around then. mid-20s. Yeah, so mid-20s, my drinking really started picking up. Um, I became a blackout drinker. Um, a lot of the blackouts, I think, were um, unconsciously. I just wanted to just erase what was going on around me. Yeah. Uh, the relationship was so bad and so dysfunctional that, like, you know, I just wanted to, like... Not feel it. I wanted to numb myself completely. I don't want to deal with this. You know, there was a lot of denial that was going on. Mm -hmm. um, and denying, I was like, yeah, like, you know, uh, in the midst of all this, I married her. So... <laughs> Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. It's like, oh, this is terrible. Let's get married. Let's get each other. Did you think that would have been a fix or something? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So much denial, right? Uh, it didn't work. So <laughs> here I am later in a happy relationship. Uh, so, um, but yeah, you know, all these things happened while I was in that relationship. Right. So, yeah. How did you realize you had a substance or addiction issue? Yeah, so I always knew. So I've always, like, when I was in high school, I smoked a lot of weed. So I, I became a pothead when I was like. And that's before it was legal? Yeah, before the shit was legal. So, yeah, a long time ago. What a world that we live in now. Eh? People can just <laughs> go to a store and buy weed. Um, 
So yeah, I always kind of knew that like I used substances differently than my friends. Mm. Um, I would just, uh, yeah, just weird. Did you weird do it alone or were all you... the time? Okay, I loved being alone and being high or drinking. Um, I always struggled. Um, I'd get to points where I'd be like, I need, I want to stop doing this. You mm. know what I mean? And I'd stop for a little while. Um, always with the intention to like return to try to control what I was doing. But I know now that I don't have control, I'm powerless over any substances, right? So the addiction stuff really started taking off around kind of when I um, expressed like the marriage happened. Um, at that point, my drinking had gotten pretty bad. Um, so like leading up to the wedding, uh, I actually decided to get sober for, I don't know, the fifth time, who knows. And I stopped drinking for about six months and, uh, I was doing pretty good. And then I started drinking again at the wedding. I was like, yeah, you know, I'm going to stop. And all of these, all of these situations now, like looking back on them, me stopping drinking it for me, it, I look at it now as like, those were failed attempts at like trying to get sober. Mm. You know, like I see them all as like stopping and relapsing. Right. Because I, at the time I didn't know. Right. right? It started getting really bad. Um, in like 2014 roughly 2013 2014 after we got married like the blackouts would just increase uh anytime i drank like uh, i can't have one drink because that's for me like the first drink gets me drunk right and i don't mean that literally i mean that like if i have one i'm gonna have 20 um and i'm gonna black out and someone's gonna have to drag me off the floor so um that's when things got really bad um it ultimately led to many many times where obviously my ex you know, she shouldn't have had to put up with that. No one should. Right. Um, it got to the point where it was like, if this happens one more time, like we're done, I'm out of here. Um, I was starting to experience a lot of rage as well when I drank. Mm -hmm. So things were getting bad. Um, I never laid a hand on her. Thankfully, I would just smash objects. So like anything I can get my hands on, um, I'd fucking smash. So what ended up happening was there was one too many times um and she basically yeah i i think what happened at the time i had been sober for a while um and then i went out that night i decided i was going to drink i was like you know i'm fine i'll have a few i can't have a few obviously um so then i came home uh she confronted me she's like you're drunk and basically uh led me into a fit of rage and i completely destroyed the apartment wow yeah so i smashed everything up um which it wasn't the first time I did that either. So it got to the point where it was, okay, I'm out of here. We had two small dogs. Uh, the dogs didn't get hurt, thankfully, in my, my Hulk smash phase <laughs> for that night. Um, but she called the cops and, uh, yeah, they came and picked me up. They were good cops and they were nice. And they said, is there somewhere we could take you? They didn't want to take me to jail, I guess. Uh, so they took me to my parents and that was it. That was the end of our marriage. Wow. Yeah. I just needed a moment to take all of this yeah, because know. we've it's known each other for a while and I apologize. I'm getting emotional, but it's, okay. it's a lot to go through, Yeah, but I'm happy you're here. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. Um, and it funny enough, like that wasn't enough for me to stop either. Um, it got worse as it does. Yeah. As How? it does. Good question. Um, uh, cocaine. <laughs> Another substance. <laughs> Did you use that to replace alcohol or were you now doing that? No, it just, it just together? let me drink more. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, yeah, you know, those substances that help help us drink more. So I moved back home with my parents. 
Um, and it was, in a sense, it was like a homecoming for me um, because she had kind of created a lot of alienation with my family. Uh, she had a lot of toxic and manipulative ways that, that she would maneuver situations. Uh, it ended up just creating a, a distance between myself, my brother, my mom and dad. There was So for me, coming home was actually, it was kind of nice. Mm. It's like our son is home. The prodigal son returns. Um, but it wasn't prodigal. I was just drunk. <laughs> so, so me coming home and not having someone to be watching over me and like trying to control my drinking, it just allowed me to drink more and more and more. I see. Um, so uh, what ended up happening was basically a year straight of just blackout. Like I'm, I was, my drinking style was I would drink on weekends. So, and that's what's very cunning about alcoholism is that like it's very uh sneaky and how it works right Agreed. i was going to work every day monday to friday you know i i held a job i never missed a shift i paid all my bills i didn't have much because i was living at home i helped out a bit but you know car and whatever so it's cunning baffling powerful that's how addiction is right um and basically uh yeah about a year or so of, of hard partying um, blackout after blackout and uh, I was just hurting myself driving you know blackout drunk everywhere um, it's a miracle yeah it's a miracle I didn't kill anybody or myself right. again like I you know being here today is a miracle um, so a year or so to drink how I wanted to drink um, and not have anyone to tell me what to do it's uh, that's you know recipe for disaster um, it ended up putting a lot of strain on my family because I was back at home with my family, right? Um, the pain I was putting them through every single weekend. And it was usually Thursday to Sunday. I would just be gone on a tear, on a bender. Were um, you violent at home as no, well? No, it's once I left that relationship, the, the anger left me. Okay. So that was, that was kind of nice. Um, during all this, I was still working with my therapist and like still trying to work through shit. Um, all the while knowing that I probably need to stop drinking, yeah, you know, but it's like, it's obviously not an easy thing to do when you're an addict, an alcoholic. It's like, it's the kind of thing that takes time. Um, but what did it for me was I essentially got to a point where the pain I caused my family was too much. Um, my mom was ready to kick me out. Um, and uh, yeah, I eventually just found the pain. It was, it just, it showed up and I knew that I was done. I said, this is it. I have to, I have to stop. You reached your limit. Yeah. Yeah. And that was it. I, uh, I decided that I had to do something. I needed help. So I reached out, reached out for help. There was a guy I knew who, who had gotten sober. Um, so I reached out to him um, Good for you. and I started taking direction, right? I started realizing this is like, this isn't about me anymore. You know what I mean? I don't run the show. So I started to take direction. Uh, he told me what to do. I went to treatment. So I went away for a month um, and got the help I needed. Where did you get that treatment from? Um, that was at Renaissance uh, Treatment Center in Toronto. Shout outs to Renaissance. Love you guys. Um, I wouldn't be here if it weren't for them. Um, and got introduced to Alcoholics Anonymous. Um, and to this day, I'm very involved. Um, and I haven't looked back amazing yeah it's almost seven years now so congratulations thank you 
Thank you for sharing this entire story. I think it just <laughs> shows. It is a lot, but you know yeah. what? There's There are a lot to individuals that we don't know or see. Mm-hmm. Whether it's a conscious decision to hide it or you've just moved on and it's no longer part of your life, how mm-hmm. would anyone know? Yep. You know, I don't. we don't have these interviews every day with individuals that we meet. Yeah. So thank you for sharing that. But it, I also want to share with you how inspiring it was because I know you today. I would have never imagined <laughs> that that had been part of your past or helped yeah. shape who you are today. So thank you for that. And congratulations thank you. on such a great accomplishment. I yeah. think the last seven years have probably been the most fruitful ones yeah. of your life, it sounds like. Yeah. And what is life like now? I know you're in a happy relationship. Yes. You have a one-year-old boy. Yeah. You have a great relationship with your family from what I can see and understand. Yeah. What's it like? Yeah, life's uh, life's wild now, yo. It's sobriety's been uh, it's been pretty wild. Um, there's a lot of ups and downs in life, right? Uh, I get to experience them now. So you're feeling them, not masking yeah. them. Yeah, I'm not numbing myself. Um, and yeah, so life right now is uh, it's full of ups and downs. Um, I try to ride them as best I can, and just. I try to stay level. Mm. You know what I mean? Like so much in in my living in active addiction is like so much is just like crazy swings of ups and downs, right? It's like you're you're at a ten, you're you know you're filled with your substances, and then there's these extreme lows of being at like a zero or a fucking right. a one, right? Um, I'm content these days with being at like a five or a six, right? Like honestly, um, and just like to clarify that, it just means that I'm not experiencing crazy lows or these crazy crazy highs anymore um after like almost seven years of being sober like life life um you know life sort of levels out right uh i don't you know in early sobriety like the brain is sort of just rewiring itself and like the dopamine and those reward centers like everything is sort of finding its uh you know its way back to like uh you know, a baseline that, you know, the baseline, stability. the stability and the baseline in addiction is like so wild and like crazy that like, you know, it takes some time to sort of level out and start to feel like, it, I don't want to use the word mundane, but it's like, you know, this sobriety, you know, it can very much be like that at times. Um, but the rewards that I have in this life that I have now is like, I would have never been able to, you know, be sitting here and having a conversation like this or, you know, experience what I've experienced in, you know, with, you know, getting into a relationship with someone where like, we just treat each other so well, we're fully open and honest with each other. Like, I've never lied to her. Like, we've been together for, I don't know how many years now, like five years or something like that, or six years. I don't know. And we have this amazing one-year-old boy, but I've never told her a lie. Like, once. So, like, for me now, um, in this life of sobriety, just to, like, sit here and, you know, say that I have the ability to be honest now. Um, you I have, have the, that safe space with yeah, this individual. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, to be able to show up, yeah. you know, that's the biggest piece. You know, I couldn't show up for anybody before. You know what I mean? I was always just self-seeking all these self-seeking selfish behaviors um but now i can show up for people and the rewards are 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 plentiful you know what i mean my my son river like he's he's honestly the joy of my life 
yeah, he's amazing. He's like almost 14 months old. So time flies. Yeah, time <laughs> does fly. And he's just so awesome. Like parenting is fucking just wild, you know? So being able to experience um, all of that is, is just, uh, yeah, it's rewarding. I often have a hard time giving myself like credit and like stopping. It's one of my biggest like, you know, character defects is like I don't give myself credit ever. So like all the things you're sitting here telling me like, oh, you do all these great things. I'm just like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like it's nothing like uh, they're pretty big i'll I don't tell think, you that much <laughs> i don't think anything of it i don't think anything of it it's because huge. yeah but it's all it's all amazing it's all amazing yeah. it really is i'm so i'm so lucky i'm lucky to be alive to be honest um because yeah it could have gone in many different directions yeah and uh in addiction like we're basically destined for a few things in, in, in addiction any addict like you're either gonna be dead or in an institution right. um or sober so it's like you have basically only three options um i didn't want to be a statistic right. you know um i wanted to live so i did everything that i could and there was a lot of work there um you know i was thinking the other day about guys i met a lot of guys when i was in treatment and like was very close with a lot of guys um and none of them are alive today. Yeah. I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah. So it's, you know, it's such a gift for me to, to be here. Yeah. Yeah. I think so too. Absolutely. Do you ever have lows where you look back and say, I kind of want to fall back on that addiction again? No. Or is it completely behind you? The desire to drink for me or, or use drugs is is completely gone. Um, How did you do that? And I ask this on behalf of a lot of people who <laughs> might be struggling with addiction. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> um, it's hard to explain. There's a, a spiritual aspect to um, to like 12-step programs, right? Mm. Um, so... A lot of that stuff I can't explain. Uh, we call that God, right? So the word God is thrown around. It's not, it's not actual God. It's not a religious like Alcoholics Anonymous is not religious, right? Right. It's about a God of your own understanding. Right. Um, I can't explain why that obsession lost me. That's one of those things that deep down I know, like that was my God working for me. You know what I mean? Um, and as long as I continue to stay on the path and and you know stay active in my group and in my program um, and stay honest and, you know, like don't hurt other people. And um, as long as I know that I can do those things, I don't pick up the first drink because it's the first drink that will, you know, ultimately lead to my demise and, you know, hurting the people around me. And um, yeah, I can't explain that piece to you. Um, all I know is the obsession left me in those early days. Uh, I, I knew, I just knew I had to do it. Um, and I was willing to do whatever I could. So, Sounds like it was a combination of instinct and faith. Yeah. Yeah, it was. Good. It was. And, and community. And community and support. I love that. You know, I, I didn't get to where I am today by myself. Right. You know what I mean? And yeah. That's, You've mentioned a lot of people along the way who yeah. got you to where you are. Yeah. So thank you to all those people who have yes. been part of Cam's journey because he's able to sit here today and inspire others who who may be struggling with addiction and mental health. Yeah, you're not alone. You're not alone. You don't have to be. You don't have to be. And now he's here 
changing that into inspiring others to pursue their own journey to recovery and looking into the horizon (laughs) of horizon life coaching. Ding, ding, ding. Yeah. How did that evolve for you? So horizon life coaching, yes, my baby. Yeah. Um, So I, uh, in the midst of all my soul searching and everything that I've, that I've done, um, I was kind of, I was working in the trades. So like I've, you know, even in my recovery and stuff, I've uh, obviously been passionate about other people and support and helping others. It's something I've done. I've always been in like leadership roles in my, in my you know, professional life and my career and stuff. So I was kind of working in the trades. Um, I was unfulfilled <laughs> to say the least. My talents were wasted. No. Um, yeah, I was, you know, Uh, I was kind of at a turning point um, in, I guess, when did I go back to school? I guess like four-ish years ago. Um, So around like 2020, 2019, yeah, around the COVID times. Um, So just before COVID, I guess, where I kind of like, I kind of had one of those moments um, and like those, you know, I can't really talk about how it happens or where it comes from. Um, it's, you know, a God of my understanding, my higher power spoke to me in a way and, and basically was like, bro, like, what are you doing? You know, yeah. something's got to give here. Um, you shouldn't be doing what you're doing. You should be helping other people. Um, so it sort of made me take a step back and sort of assess like my situation. Um, obviously like my sobriety, a lot of people in recovery end up working in the, the field of helping, right? It, it just ends up that's that's the way it goes because the gift that we're given we want to give it back right that's it's the only way yeah it's the only way for people like me to like actually you know feel uh feel something uh more divine and powerful what you're doing is essentially how you recovered right because you said that there was an individual who was successful at battling addiction you went to that person for support you went to that person to overcome your own addiction and now you want to play that role definitely because you successfully got out of it that's right i love that and the biggest piece of like 12-step programs is like it's the 12th step which is like helping others so like all sobriety is to me is being of service to other people, right? So I have that opportunity now to do yeah. that. Um, now, obviously, you know, to, to sum this up, I decided to go back to school to pursue um, a diploma in social service work. So that's kind of how I started. Um, so I went to Sheridan College. I got that diploma. I graduated with high honors. Uh, it went really well. I, Congrats. Thank you, yeah. And I, and I found a new... You know, I found that new purpose. Um, I knew at that time that that's, you know, this is what I need to do for the rest of my life. Um, So I've been working in the field now for a couple of years. Um, I've always wanted to and I've always felt comfortable um, supporting people one on one. Mm -hmm. So like actually working with individuals. Um, my therapist for years, funny story, like she actually told me that I should be a therapist. She's this like, was way I, back when, way back when, yeah, way back wow. when, years ago when we were working together, because like we just, the, the work we did together was so uh, deep and impactful. And like, I, I guess she thought it was insightful. I don't know. I must've fooled her, but, <laughs> so, um, she had always told me you need to be doing some type of therapy or coaching or something. Uh, so it was. I think she'd be really proud of you now. She would. Yeah, actually, I got to get in touch with her um, and, and fill her in. That reminds me. Send her this podcast. Yeah, I will. I will. 100%. <laughs> shout outs. Shout outs, Dr. Eisner, my homie. Wow. Um, so, yeah, I went back to school, did my social service work, um, and then started working in the field. 
um, over time, I, you know, it just started becoming more and more clear to me that I need to be doing my own thing, right? Um, so this is where I started to develop the idea to, to start this business. Um, and Horizon Life Coaching was born. Amazing. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. So what are some of the services that Horizon Life Coaching covers? What do you specialize in? So we specialize in supporting individuals in basically achieving their goals. Okay. So, um, and there's a difference obviously between coaching and psychotherapy. Um, I'm not a therapist, right? So I can't, I can't sit here and tell people like, I'm going to help you overcome uh, severe anxiety. Like, no, that's not what we're meant to do. Right. Um, a this good is more so meant than to supplement therapy yes. versus replace therapy. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And like, it's beautiful that, you know, I have a little bit of experience working with people and counseling individuals. So that mm -hmm. can help me in, you know, scenarios where someone may be um, experiencing a little bit more, um, you know, of those mental health pieces. Right. Um, that being said, you know, a lot of what we do is we sit down and, and develop specific plans with individuals. Mm -hmm. um, so say if somebody wants to, um, you know, let's say, for example, if someone wants to you know, lose weight. Right. Like we, we, we can cover all of those. Like I, all, in all of my journeys throughout life, um, I've been able to sort of, you know, take little pieces and, uh, you know, be able to give those back to people. Right. Um, so I'm like, I'm working with a client right now who, for example, they just want a little bit of support on a weekly basis. Right. So we have different, uh, different levels of coaching, right? So we have four different plans. Our first plan is basically uh, just gives you a chance to connect with one of our coaches on a daily basis. Okay? Wow. Yeah. So just like a 15 minute phone call every single day, something that someone might just need a, a little, a little something simple. They'll just be like, Hey, like, you know, whatever the goal is they're working on, like, Hey, how are we doing today? Like what's going on? We'll have specific tools and things that they can be doing. Like if it's a thought challenge or like, you know, little, little tools or, or, you know, something tangible that mm -hmm. they can be working on. Mm -hmm. And there's that check-in piece, right? That's great. So what we aim to do is to really give individuals someone that they can speak to on a daily basis, right? Uh, that, that's, and that's something that, that help with accountability. hundred percent. Okay. Yeah. So the biggest thing that I like to preach is accountability. Um, and that accountability piece um, is huge for what we do. Uh, as you go up, our plans get obviously a little bit um, more, uh, supportive. So you'll have a plan that is daily support. And then there's also a weekly, uh, you know, one hour session as well. So it really depends on what the individual is looking for in terms of like the level of support that they want. So um, do you cover things like career support, yeah. um, to your point and your life story, addiction, even sure. I want to get off smoking cigarettes. Sure. Yeah. And then that daily check-in piece can be super helpful for people, right? That accountability. Yeah. That's great. But what we really like to do um, and what really sets us apart is the fact that all of our coaches are sort of educated in the same field that I'm educated in. Right. right? right. So we're social service workers. One of our coaches has a degree in psychology. So it's like, you know, there's a lot of rinky dink coaches out there. Yes. Um, and there's a lot of coaches who don't have any types of qualifications or they fly down and attend Tony Robbins workshop for a week. You know what yeah. I mean? I'm not knocking Tony Robbins, but like, you know. Uh, we have a bit more experience supporting people, right. right? So like people can, you know, you know, rest assured you're actually getting someone who actually knows how to support you and like has that. those experiences, right? So how long does it typically take for a client to see results from any given program of yours? Yeah, it really depends. It really depends. Um, I would say it 
you know, if someone's working on a short-term goal, we're talking like three to six months, right? Um, you know, if someone's really trying to work towards something else, like completely changing their career um, and having that sort of support to do so, mm. those things can take a bit more time. Um, but I would say, honestly, our, our average client stays with us from anywhere between, like, I would say three to six months. Okay. Yeah. And how do you keep your client information secure? Uh, yeah, I mean, I I kind of handle all of our all of our case notes. Like at the time of us recording this night, right now, we have three coaches. Um, any notes that are taken are, uh, you know, I sort of store them on a secure drive that I have on my computer at home. Um, and uh, and your home is your your home office. Yeah, my home office. Yeah. Perfect. So no no one year olds getting into them. No, not yet. <laughs> not yet. Not yet. What makes you or Horizon Life Coaching specifically different from any other professionals in the field? Yeah. So, yeah. So, like I said, just the, you know, the, the education piece, the fact that we have, uh, you know, our coaches all have those, you know, college, university, um, you know, pieces of paper, if you will. Um, and, and that actual experience of supporting people. Mm-hmm. Um I think that's what really makes us stand out. I also want to mention, um, like our prices are super affordable. So that's we, great. yeah, we're, we're not out here to, to, to line our pockets. Like I don't want that ever to come across. Um, you know, we're people who've been, been through our own share of shit. Right. right. So we want to be able to actually support people. Right. Um, and there's a lot of people out there who, uh, who, for example, they, you know, they may not have health insurance. Right. Um, so like, you know, if people are paying out of pocket, um, for therapy, which, uh, you know, sometimes that can be running people 150 bucks an hour. Um, you know, we want to obviously be able to offer, uh, you know, services at a super affordable rate. Right. So Do you have a sliding scale option? Uh, like specifically sliding skills, depending on the person's income or current situation in life, your, your got you. pricing yeah, can got adjust you. based on you know, their lifestyle. Yeah. At the time, no. Um, We feel as though, so like to book a session with us, if you want a standalone session, it's 60 bucks an hour. Um, We feel as though that's a a price point that, uh, you know, I think most people can, uh, can meet. Um, I obviously can't generalize and obviously there's so many financial barriers out there. Right. Um, But that is what we decided as a team is, is our, is our base rate. Um, Our coaching plans and that sort of monthly, uh, monthly idea of things. And that's, that's kind of what we like to work with is that, and there's a lot of like subscription based things out there right now, but like our cheapest plan is 150 bucks a month. Okay. Right. So if you're looking at uh, a session with a therapist for $150 an hour and you get, uh, that's you know, one, and, one hour session. Yeah. And you, you, you know, so with us that 150 bucks gets you a daily check-in every day. That's right? fantastic. So, and, and something I also want to mention as well is, uh, our monthly plans, you're not locked into anything. So right. should you, should you decide that you don't want your services anymore, you get halfway through the month maybe. And you're like, you know what, this isn't for me. Um, we usually offer refunds for people prorated basis. So like you'll get whatever you know, we'll do the math and, and figure that out. So we're not we're really not out here to like lock people in. And that's, right. that's the tricky thing with life coaching and it's saturated and there's a lot of life coaches out there. Um, I really like to think we stand out for some of those reasons. And, uh, you know, some of our coaches are pretty cool. I don't know, not me, but the other ones are all right. <laughs> so before we end this incredible podcast, I have to ask you, for individuals who are out there who may be struggling with addiction to this day, what advice do you have for them? Get to a meeting. Um, 
I don't want to, I'm not going to sit here and be like, if you're struggling with addiction, call, call Horizon Life Coaching. No. Okay. Like you can, um, I want to see anyone who is struggling with an addiction, just reach out. Okay. Get to a meeting. There's, um, there's different 12 step fellowships all across the, the GTA area. However, if you're listening worldwide, okay. Alcoholics Anonymous is everywhere. Okay. Um, that, you know, the piece in regards to like being afraid to reach out, it is a fucking hard thing to do. Okay. It really is. Um, but you don't have to go it alone. Okay. There's a slogan in AA. It's you, you are no longer alone. Right. Um, and you know, the, the 12 step programs, all they are is just fellowship and community. And you go in there and you're hurting. I promise you, uh, there'll be someone with a, a handout to, uh, shake your hand, introduce you, uh, introduce themselves to you and, um, talk to you and support you. So don't suffer in silence. Um, yeah, just know that there's people who actually care, um, and who actually want to see you do better. Um, yeah, like, you know, if, if I can get sober, I really feel like any, anybody can, but it's like, yeah, just get the help. Please do it. Um, your life is valuable, honestly. And we will have some of those resources available on our website. So thelemonsaid.com, if you go into learn under resources, we'll have some of those helplines available for you. And how can individuals reach you directly if they're interested in contacting you first? Yeah, so horizonlifecoaching.ca. Um, you can find everything you need there. We're also on Instagram, Facebook. Uh, I post a lot of content on, on the Insta. So um, please feel free to give us a follow and uh, yeah hit us up. Um, our coaches are pretty dope. I will say, um, you've seen one for yourself. (laughs) Just one of us. Yeah. Um, yeah, our plans are, are, are affordable. They're unique. Um, you can talk to us on a daily basis, which is, uh, which is pretty cool. I like to think so horizonlifecoaching.ca and that's where to find us. Perfect. Thank you so much for for being so vulnerable and sharing your story and inspiring others. I know it's hard for you to compliment and accept some (laughs) appreciation but you deserve it you deserve it and i hope you know that a lot of our listeners i'm sure will be inspired and touched by your story so please take that away from from all of us um i think i'm speaking on behalf of a lot of people but thank you so much from the bottom of all our hearts oh thank you so much for having me it's been it's been awesome um i feel like i talked too much but uh i guess we'll see how that goes post-production um and yeah honestly ella what you're doing here is truly amazing like i look around this room and i'm just i'm so proud of you thank you so much um and yeah it's you're gonna do amazing things and this this platform is very important because mental health uh this this stuff really matters it's the stuff we need to be talking about so thank you for creating the platform uh to do so it's my my pleasure and i'm really happy to be able to do it with such inspiring individuals like you so Let us know what you guys think. I hope we're on the right track, but we're really here to support you. So thank you for giving us this opportunity to do what we love and and support you. Awesome. Thanks, everyone. Thank you again for tuning in. And don't forget to subscribe, like, and share. Bye for now. And don't forget to make lemonade. This podcast is not a substitute for professional medical diagnosis or treatment. Listeners are encouraged to seek assistance from healthcare professionals on thelemonsaid.com or your nearest healthcare network. Crisis helplines are available to you 24 hours a day. 
Audio for the Lemon Said podcast was engineered and brought to you by Shoreline Sound Studios. Over the last several years, Mary Morano has been immersed in her research, understanding the wounded healer, therapist self-care and self-awareness. We all have wounds. We have all grown up with some form of dysfunction or adverse experience. We must know our own wounds, how they can impact our relationships, how our biases, judgments, and how making assumptions can cloud our perceptions. Through self-development and self-reflection, we can understand why we do things the way we do and therefore change them. Relationship SOS Ready, Set, Grow is an evidence-based, practical, and organized tool to help you learn about who you are, what happened to you, and how you got here today. It will take you on the journey of self-discovery, healing, and enhancing your relationships, offering the tools and strategies that you can use right now in real time. Enjoy being changed by Mary.